Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, can we can we move on from the Lions finally? Or do we just can we move them to the back of the show? Because we have another team in town apparently inspired by the Lions. I guess the Tigers will be too. AJ Hinch said that he is taking inspiration from the Lions. I yeah, Helena St. James is in here to tell us how much the Red Wings have taken inspiration from the Lions. But let's talk about the Lions in the second part of the show because we got a we got a hockey team in town, man. Six in a row for the first time under Steve Eiserman. Firmly in the first wild card spot in the Eastern Division. The shoot, they're only a few play, points out of actually getting out of the wild card spot, right? I mean, it, that's in that's in play if they if they keep this up for sure and and actually making the the playoff playoffs. So, not that the wild card at the playoffs. But uh, thanks for joining us, Selena St. James. What is happening? It- it's really just a, been incredible to see since the calendar page turned to 2024. The Wings, everything has been going right for them. Uh, I mean, Alex Lyon has been the main guy in goal. He, he's He's been terrific, but James Reimer has come in and won when, when he's been needed. So really so much of it, what we're seeing is all the moves that Steve Eisenman made since last summer are just paying off in spades, you know, especially again, going back to Alex Lyon. But I mean, Patrick Kane, I don't know that anybody dared hope he would contribute to the extent that he has. He's just, he's a game changer for them. You know, I mean, they were losing Sunday in Chicago and he sets up the time goal and then scores in overtime. And it, it, it was perfect. Tell us more about Kane because, you know, just I haven't been around him that much, but he's really impressed me as far as he reminds me of the old school wings when they were rolling and the leadership and the calmness and the the sense of sort of maturity and confidence in who he is really feels like a a leader in that dressing room to me but is there something more to him is there something is there an influence that he's imparting beyond just what he's doing on the ice for the team I think absolutely you know leadership in the room and it, it can be tough you know you're joining a team already a third of the way into the season and you know you don't you know, you don't want to step on anybody's toes in the in the locker room, but I think just it was such a natural fit for him. I mean, he he was such a a leader in Chicago, and he's been around for a long time. And the other thing is, he he's just an incredibly intelligent player. I mean, you see him making plays out there sometimes. Like he, there's never any rush to get rid of the puck or anything. He he's he's so smart, and I think that just translates into every everything every every impact he has. But again, just just. You know, he's turned 35 right before he signed. He hadn't played in six months. He'd had invasive hip surgery and comes back and immediately starts scoring, misses a couple of weeks with a an injury not related to that hip surgery and comes back, you know, and again, I mean, he's a, above a point a game. He, he will probably easily reach 20 goals before the season is over and he'll have played half a season. So I think, but but just the leadership, you know, I mean, Players, the other players know he. This is a guy who's won three Stanley Cups. Like he's, he's going to be in the Hall Hockey Hall of Fame three years after he retires. Um, so the what, be- best U.S. born player, probably right here, Madonna, probably in that short list and conversation. Chel- and Chris Chelios. I mean, the three of them. No, you know? Chelios is not the best U.S. Mm, defenseman. Chela. Pretty, pretty, okay, pretty defenseman. good. I'll give you defenseman. Best U.S. born player with the most high profile friends. How about that? So. <laughs> So yeah, Patrick Kane, you know, and it's funny, I was talking to somebody in Steve's inner circle last night about trade deadlines coming up next week. And I said, you know, who you should put on your list is Cindy Crawford. I mean, did you guys see her in Chicago? She scored from center ice. 
you know, she's a veteran. She's tall. So can we, we get Bob Bugner to scout her a little bit? Do you think is he? Yeah. How how, how he's a, her contemporary? How do you live through the eighties and nineties in North America and not know who Cindy Crawford okay, is? Okay, was so, that real? Do you think they were just giving him a hard time that he didn't recognize her at first? Because that's just you have to have lived under a rock or something. Yeah, I, that's I haven't been able to ask him because that was exactly. I mean, how do you? And she still looks like Cindy Crawford. The, yeah. the Right, so that that just yeah, uh, but but we're we're getting up there. How many people would know who his friends are? Right, I, I remember about twenty years ago, I was working on this long takeout at Eiserman. I was in L.A. I want to say in the wherever the Kings were playing at that time, and it was after in the locker room after the game, and in walked John Cusack, Jeremy Piven, and John McEnroe. They all went straight to Chelios. That was his crew. People know McEnroe still, but does anybody know that's thirty or under? No, Jeremy Piven or even John Cusack at this point. So, you know, John Cusack uh, John, was a big, John McEnroe, a big star. Yeah, John McEnroe was there Sunday as well. So, well, Bugner's, I mean, I Bugner's that, 52, Crawford's 58. He knows who he should know who she is. I mean, right. Come on. She's uh, I mean, but, but it's it's celebrity friends are starting to age out. You know, That's you know all who knows uh, who of she the is. culture. That's all I'm saying. I'll bet you any money Dan Campbell knows who she is. Well, according to Carl's, Dan yeah. Campbell knows everything. But, but, but we're waiting to talk about the lines. Although it is interesting, Elena, a little bit know that the Lions run to hear other coaches in town and players in town sort of talk about their run and wanting to kind of jump onto that juice a little bit. Well, it hasn't happened in a while, right? I mean, it was just so electrifying when they when they were in the playoffs in the whole city embracing it. So I think that's that's what makes it a little bit or or adds to the to why people were so delirious about it. And now, you know, it's been I mean, it'll be the first time in eight years the Wings advancing to the playoffs. And, and to your point, yeah, I mean, they're two points behind Toronto for third in the Atlantic Division. So they, they've just been – it was interesting to me. They, they were just out west and they lost in Edmonton and Vancouver. And I thought, okay, is this – you know, are they going to dip a little here? But then they go into Calgary and win 5 nothing. They go to Seattle and – and win, come home and keep winning, go to Chicago on a very emotional. I mean, Chicago, the Blackhawks are where they are near the bottom of the standings, but it was an emotional day with Chalius retiring, having his number retired and, and Patrick Keane returning. But, you know, the wings still keep finding a way. Washington is desperately trying to work their way into the playoff picture. They're not out of it, you know, and, and every time the Capitals came within a, a, a goal or so, the wings immediately turned around and, and scored once or twice. So, They've, they've just, you know, that they're, they're just really, really rolling right now at, at, a, at a great time for them. So, you know, the thing that, you know, Sean and I are going to get into this later, you know, the difference of the small differences that players or decisions can make, right? And I mean, I think what we've seen, and I think you wrote about this recently, is, you know, the the maybe they don't need to make a, the wings don't need to make a trade or upgrade at the trade deadline because Patrick Kane has basically been the difference maker, a big difference maker since November. But you see, I mean, what Irisman's gotten everything right pretty much like with Debrinket, Alex Lyon, uh, you know, are they missing something to help them when they get to the playoffs? You know, are they, are they on the level, you know, they're not going to play the Western conference, but I'm just talking when they played Vancouver, when they played Edmonton, they just didn't seem the same league as those teams. You know, and I know they've beaten you know, Vancouver, obviously that overtime game and all that. But but it's it's it seems like 
that's the difference. Like right now, they're good enough to get into the playoffs, but are they going to be able to advance in the playoffs and win? I know they've been talking about any we can win a seven game series against anybody, you know, whatever. But but don't you need that extra little help? Is where is it in the margins? Where where can they find somebody? You know, a better. They need maybe a stronger defense. You know, stay at home defenseman, whatever it might be. I mean, what do you think? Where could they use the most help if they're going to make a decision to to upgrade? Well, you know, the, I mean, Derek Lalonde really likes that second pairing on defense of Sherratt and Jeff Petrie. So I just think if you're going to make a splash, it costs something. So to me, I don't think the Wings yet are in position to give up a first round draft pick. I mean, Noah Hannafin in Calgary, you know, the asking price is a first round pick, a top prospect and a player who can play right now. I mean, that's that's a lot to give up. And they'd have to turn around and probably sign him for for eight years to make it worthwhile. So that's that's a, a a risk to make that kind of move. And I don't see why they would make a small move. I mean, you have Robbie Fabry and Daniel Sprong playing on your fourth line. That's Daniel Sprong is going to is I think four, three or four goals from reaching twenty. Robbie Fabry, you know, same thing. I mean, he he's those are terrific scores to have on your fourth line. You have Charles last night. I mean, Joe Valeno. Had a terrific game. That's there's he's playing on the third line right now. You have so much scoring on every line that I don't know what move you would make that would you know strengthen you there without costing too much in return. In goal, I mean they're still hoping Villahuso is going to be able to come back before the end of the regular season. But you have Alex Lyon, you know, who was probably the most important signing Steve made last year because if you don't have him, if you don't have goaltending, it doesn't matter how much you can score. And on defense, again, I mean, if they're going to make a play for somebody who who is a significant defenseman, it's going to cost something. And if you're just looking at depth, I mean, you already have Justin Hall sitting as your seventh defenseman. You know, he he's a good veteran, so you already have that, and you have Edmondson in the minors for that matter. So I just, unless Steve does something big, you know, I, I just don't see. I just they they really don't need any kind of depth move at at the trade deadline, barring an injury. You know, before March eighth. You know, and if if you if Steve Eisenman, probably also looking at this team, why would you want to mess with this chemistry? I mean, they're really, you know, they they have something going. Why why would you disrupt that? I mean, what do you think, Carlos? Would you like to see him go out and get a defenseman, get somebody with a a bit of attitude, some physicality, not an enforcer type, but just kind of a menace in a way. Do you, Would you like to see him ship off some assets, future assets, with a relatively young team? I, I, I think that they need help defensively. I mean, you know, they're still not super solid, you know, with your traditional defense. And I, I know what you're saying, Helena, in the second the second pairing. You know, Petrie is that more, you know, stay-at-home guy. Sherrod, I mean, all these guys, they're, they're all contributing is there one guy who's going to get them, you know, make a big difference for them? And I mean, I, if I'm Eiserman, I'd probably let it ride. You know, hey, we're good enough to make the playoffs. Why give up assets? And and you shouldn't really because this is not their year in all likelihood of, you know, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals or, or whatever. If they win a playoff series, you know, I mean, they're almost certainly probably going to have to go on the road anyway at the beginning. But if they win one, great. But if they don't, that's probably where they are. But 
but I just it just seems like the, that's one that's the one place. Yeah, offensively they're 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 stacked. How many guys are in double digit scoring right now? You know, I mean, I I, I looked up the summary today. Fabry has 15 goals. How does Robbie Fabry like? Where did he get 15 goals from? You know, like, that, that seems to come out of came out of, and he's a good player. But Belen also is like 11 goal. You know, I mean they're 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 loaded. But I don't think. You know, you know Simon Edmondson. I don't think he's gonna, as a rookie, he's gonna be really doing much for you coming into the playoffs if you need him. And again, that would probably be a depth guy. But goalie is another concern, right? If something happens to Lyon, they're done. I mean, who who so has not been as good this year, even when he was healthy? Maybe adding a veteran goalie, someone. I mean, I think that who did it last year was it was it the Knights, the Golden Knights, who signed Jonathan Quick, I think, and you know, kind of a veteran presence just there to help, you know, seen a lot of action. He's won some cups, you know, that, that doesn't hurt. I don't know if there's an equivalent out there that you could do a flurry or someone like that, but, but just something that might help this team, but this isn't, this isn't the year. Now the lines are a different story. They're there, but they're a player away, but, but the wings probably aren't, but I just wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing a little bit, something of an upgrade on defense. Well, I mean, that's that's going to cost you if it's somebody who's going to come in and make an impact. And, and I would agree. I don't think this is their year. You know, I mean, it was after the Jared Goff chance Tuesday's game, they did segue to we want the cup. So, you know, it's when, 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 when you see when your home team is up by four or five goals, you can start getting creative and, and hopeful with, with a chance. But you know, if they get in, it, it's it's great, and then anything can happen. You know, a goaltender gets hot, that can that can that can be the difference maker. But you know, going out and getting another goalie—I mean, you can say that about every single team. If their number one guy gets hurt, that's that's tough to overcome. You know, that's that's. I mean, there's only so much you can do to offset that. And to be fair, I mean, Reimer Reimer has has been good. He was very good in in Toronto. You know, he he he's played well, so when he's needed here in the second half and he had a good start to the season. So, you know, I, I, there are, there are other teams looking for goaltending help. I just think this is a, this is a time of year where prices are, are so, so high because teams that have, you know, stronger expectations of going on a run or going on a long run are willing to play, pay premium prices like the wings did 20 years ago, you know, when they were that team. So I think, I mean, Steve, most of all, you know, keeps his eye on the big picture and to sacrifice something big in the present just to, in the hopes that maybe they can win a series or two. I mean, it absolutely, it'll be a successful season, it, you know, when they get into the playoffs. I mean, they've drafted, they haven't haven't had the same draft lottery luck as Ottawa and Buffalo, and yet Buffalo and Ottawa aren't projected to miss the playoffs again. And Detroit, which, you know, has had no luck in the draft lottery Looks like they're going to certainly are in solid footing to advance to make the playoffs. So that in and of itself is their success story right there. Well, they found some good players for sure. And getting back to Patrick Kane for a second and to, and to Carl's point about Fabry. So Kane and then also signed to Brickett, it has allowed people to move down a little bit. So Lucas Raymond's on the second line and flourishing, and it just pushes everybody down. And Fabry's playing against other fourth line guys. It's just right. I mean, it's it's like in in any other. Well, maybe not football because you always have your, for the most part, you have your starters out there. But when when you get when you get guys that are playing in a role that's a little bit more suited, they're playing against similar competition at the same time on the on the ice. 
I would imagine that has something to do with it too. Do you, do you see that that those two guys yeah, oh, yeah, have allowed, yeah, allowed the, the yeah. domino effect? Because because Raymond now Raymond was probably going to get better anyway, right? He's young, he's he's improving, but he's flourishing. For oh, example, you know, and and you can move guys around if they're hot, if they're cold, and you have enough players to have two really really solid power play units. But I I think the guy who probably has benefited the most from all these signings is Dylan Larkin because it's taking so much pressure off him. I mean, he was the guy they needed to score in order to have a chance just a few years ago. And now, you know, it wasn't that he scores, but the last goal against the Capitals. I mean, everybody else had already poured it on. So I think for him, it, it's just taking so much pressure off of him. And and you see the, the you know, the assets they have too when they're on the road and, and can't get the matchups they want. They can move a big guy like Michael Rasmussen up to play on the first line, they they just there's so many options for for Derek Lalonde and, and his staff in, in coming up with lines, and, and they do a good job of adjusting, you know. And and I mean the, the amount of people they can have on when they need a goal, you know, as as they did in Chicago, it's just it's it's a situation they haven't been in, you know. Even I mean last year after the team was kind of gutted after the deadline, you know, it was just a slow crawl, miserable crawl to the finish line, but. This year, the the depth, you know, I mean, Tuesday's game against the Capitals was just a perfect example. I mean, it was Shane Gostisbehere and, and Joe Valeno that kind of were the standouts early on, and then the goals just kept pouring in. Yeah, they're, you know, especially offensively, I mean, you know, we saw, you know, they, they, they have been moving guys around, you know, and that's that's a credit to Lalonde, to understanding, you know, who's working best and not afraid to try things and taking, you know, Raymond off the first line and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I just, I, I wonder, you know, are there guys on offense since they seem to have a, you know, a boatload or whatever of extra capital on offense, could you move somebody, you know, and <clears throat> sign maybe a defenseman trade for one and, you know, potentially sign them, sign them to an extension. Somebody who's on expiring contract. I'm not sure which guys, I don't know if Perron was, on that Perron's list, one maybe. of them. I mean, Patrick Kane, obviously, but you don't want to, you, you know, you want to extend you, him. You get rid of Patrick Kane and Sean's going to be right. picking no, him but down that's there. The guy, you said guys who aren't expiring. I mean, but even Perron, I mean, like he takes penalties that that sometimes, you know, you just wonder or it's it's too bad, but he brings so much positive emotion and, and energy, you know, and he drew a penalty against the Capitals and had a couple of assists. I mean, he, he's still, and, and he's a, a cup champion, so... You know, Lalone loves him, me, right? He calls him the most competitive to, player on the yeah, team. Yeah. To me, it goes back to, do you really want to mess with this chemistry? I mean, David Prada is very well liked in the room and, you know, to trade a guy and you're not going to get a game-changing defenseman for him. You're not going to get, you know, a Noah Hannafin type for him at all. So right. again, so why, why are you doing that? I mean, that's that's just seems almost like making a trade they're not in the position of, you know, last year they had to trade Tyler Bertuzzi because otherwise they were going to lose him for nothing in, in free agency. But David Perron, you know, unlikely that he comes back, but he's not somebody who you stand to lose anything with if you don't trade. He's not a he's not a pending UFA that you have to trade in order to get assets because he's not going to bring in the kind of assets they got you know, from Tyler for the Tyler Bertuzzi trade last year. So aren't or, you, if or, you're, if you're Iserman though, aren't you looking though? I mean, he's a third line, you know, guy, you're going to lose him. 
you know, would it be the end of the world to for Iserum to flip them for some draft capital and then flip that for something else? You know, that that wouldn't be the work. I mean, it's it seems weird for them to think about. And so, who are you selling. plugging in? Who are you plugging in there? I mean, who who's who's who are you plugging in there? And, and he's a power play guy. I mean, he's a very good power play guy. You know, and and he's plays in the top six as well. So, you know. Yeah, move Fabry up or Sprung or I mean somebody. Yeah, but the, but they're already on the on the power play as well. I just you know I just don't think you're going to get anything from for him in return that that's going to replace what what he brings. And again, you know, you're messing with chemistry in the room, and to me, that's not. I mean, we'll see, but that's not a, a trade that I think would be worth making. Would bring in a reward that was worth. But, you know, what you're taking away from the team and moving him out just, you know, I mean, they have, you you can't just, you can't just think of it as like, oh, well, they need a draft pick. So trade what, what's been working. I mean, right now this is, this is working and they're still, Steve has, has not at any point mortgaged the future. You know, all the contracts are reasonable and he still has a good deal of draft capital. So I don't think they're in a position where they need to, 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 to make that kind of move. Not only that, that particular line has got some, a little bit of physicality too, right? There, there's some toughness to that line. Uh, and yeah, why, and yeah. to your point, and to, you know, with, with Cop and Valeno, why would you want to mess that up a little bit? But let me, let me ask you this before we, before we let you go, Billy. And I've heard this. You've been around town for a long, long time. You've covered the wings for a long, long time. When was the last time you felt the, the, the buzz a little bit? I, I hear more and more, I've heard, especially the last couple of weeks, Hey, did you see the Wings game last night? Hey, what happened to the Wings game? Just from people that like hockey but maybe aren't hardcore hockey fans. And I haven't heard that in a long, long time. And I'm not even sure that the end of the playoff run, that they, that there was the buzz like this, right? Because there's it's one thing when a team has been at the edge of a run, another thing when they haven't been good for a while and they're on the come up. I'm just curious, when did the last time it felt like this to you? No, that's a, that's a good that's a good question because I agree. I mean, they're they're at the end of that of that playoff streak. You know, it's really just them hanging on and managing to get in and, and hoping then that anything can happen. But, you know, I mean, Nicholas Lidstrom had retired. Sutterberg and Cronwell were, you know, at the end of their career. That's who had left. So so th- this this kind of enthusiasm, you know, and I mean, they haven't had a, a star like Patrick Kane in, in ages. So to me, I, I, you definitely have to go back a while where there, since, since there's been you know, and I think people are excited. I mean, first first chance of playoffs at, at Little Caesars Arena that 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 is just and they just they there's so much like more than anything, you know, there's so much more fun to watch this season. I mean, they were just dreadful even a few years ago and the way they had to finish uh last season. But but this year there there's so much there's so much fun. I mean, like they're the ones who are scoring on teams to go up two, three goals five, six minutes into a game, and even when they're down you know, rarely, you know, the, 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 the blowout in Edmonton, well, it was a one-off. It wasn't like part of, part of a trend. So I just think there, there's so much more fun. There's, there's so much more star power. You know, I mean, you, you see the enthusiasm Kane has when he scores, you know, Jake Wallman with his performance when he scores. So you just, you know, there, there's just, they're, they're much more, they're much more fun. And they look like, you know, this is a team that added the right veterans to get them where they are, but they also have a really good young core that gives hope that, you know, this this is going to be part of a trend now that start of a, of a new playoff streak. 
Carlos, anything before we let our realist hockey writer go? No, Sean will just see you on the road for the playoffs. That's the next time you'll see him, Helena. Well, I think so. We just oh, no. they 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 signed Cindy Crawford, and that's it because she's a free agent. So there, you know, that's the best kind of move. You sign people uh, who you don't even have to give up anything to. She was a Pepsi person. I'm a Coke person. That that that's fine. And no, I will not be on the I will not be on the road in the playoffs. Unless they win a series, then maybe the second round, but probably not even that. But we'll see. You I'll, know be what? I'll bet you game. they're, they're going to put – that's the kind of motivation that teams look for. You know, columnist says, I may travel to see well, you no, play Carlos, win no, a series. No, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that, I, do, I wasn't clear. Carlos, as a columnist, will be on the first round on the road. That's established. But I okay. don't – but they've got to win a series and they've got to see how that all plays out. To justify two on the road, okay. so I won't. So I won't go unless they win a series, maybe two series. But I'll be at the home no. games, and, f- and and in fact, I'll see you Saturday. I'll be there Saturday. Perfect. This coming Saturday, yeah, big game, against, big game, divisional Florida. Florida. A- a- absolutely, yeah. a- absolutely. I'll see you Saturday. So, Carl's in. No, no more questions for the only. The only question I have is how is Helena's book on the clock hang on i got to take a breather it's a long title on the clock behind the scenes with the detroit red wings at the initial drop how is that doing and we how can we get it it's available bookstores and online and if people want they can also email me at hstjames at freepress.com my email is in all of my stories for that or you know the history of the wings the big 50 the men moments in parentheses women who made the detroit red wings so so yeah, both books are doing uh, very, very well. And the draft book certainly details, you know, I mean, it's so exciting this spring to see how far they've come, right? But Steve Eisenman would be the first to tell you, drafted in 83, didn't win a cup till 97. And along the way, they had the 89 draft with Littstrom and Fedorov and Konstantinov. So for them to be where they are today without having had any kind of draft like that, really is remarkable and it's I think a huge, huge credit. You know, I mean Steve Eisman has it's been five years and, and he just ha- has transformed the team through without a lot of luck. He's made great draft picks, but you know, without ever getting to pick first, second or third and and making some extremely savvy signings. So Well thanks again for joining us. It's always great to have you. We will definitely talk to you. Let's let's talk before the playoffs start for sure. Again, if absolutely. that's all right with you. Okay. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right, Elliot, thanks for joining us. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more Free Press Sports and Carlson Shaw to talk about Carlson's Lions. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson Shaw. All right, Carlos, the Lions, the NFL Combine's going on. It's the NFL offseason that never stops, as you like to say. Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are in lockstep that they want to keep building through the draft, although the NFL salary cap went to increase, largest increase in the history of the league by, I want to say, $30 million or so. And Holmes did leave a little opening that maybe, maybe, maybe he could consider, they could consider going out and get a get, getting a splashier name. But anyway... Where do you? I know we got the draft. That's if we got free agency first. Where do you fall in all of this, and uh, what you think that they should do, and tell Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell what to do? What would you tell them? 
Well, I just want to know, are, are you heading to the airport or am I heading to the airport to pick up Chris Jones? Who Who is it going to be? What do you think? Who? I don't think they're going to get, I mean, you know, Kansas City may franchise him. You know, I, I don't know that they're going to get him at all. I don't, I'd be surprised that they'd even go after him, wouldn't you? I would. Everything that he has said from the end of the season, you know, has been, you know, just don't, it's easy to win March or whatever, free agency and blah, blah, blah. We want to. We want to draft and develop and re-sign our own guys and all this stuff. And, you know, the difference, I think, is, I mean, that is a good philosophy for sure. However, you are one player away now, the proverbial one player away. You were one player away in San Francisco in that second half. Someone like a Chris Jones, someone, an elite player. You know, Lee McNeil is a very good player, but he's not Aiden Hutchinson. You know, you need somebody, you need somebody to help there, you know, probably on the defensive line. You're picking 29th, unless you're going to move up, it's going to be really hard to find a blue chip type, you know, impact player right away this year. You need help in the secondary. And I don't, I'm getting the sense from Brad Holmes that something is up with the secondary where, and it's true, these guys, the, the cornerbacks get hurt all the time. So maybe it's not the wisest thing to try to like draft really high or high, sign a high priced free agent. He's signed a lot of guys to one year deals um, in the secondary. But they need something. They need something on defense. You know, they fired half their defensive staff, it seems like. You know, there's been a lot of turnover. So something clearly is not right with the defense that they're not happy with. And if they want to blame it all on the coaches, you know, maybe that's what they want to do. Maybe Brad saying, hey, I got you everything you needed. You had every single player to get to the Super Bowl and win it. If he believes that, you know, then he's going to keep doing the same thing. But I think I would like them to, to make some significant move in free agency for for a serious upgrade. Whether that's Chris Jones, I doubt it because they're going to have to pay Jared Goff. But with the cap going up, you know, you can do a lot of things. They have a lot of cap room. So what do you think? I mean, is it, I think this is, you know, it, it all, it seemed uh, like, I, it seemed like Dan Campbell's breathing a sigh of relief that his, his coordinators, specifically Ben Johnson, are back this year. How long is that going to keep happening? This is their time, I think. Well, no, he, no, yeah, he talked about it's funny because he, it's, you know, I always talk about this with Ben Johnson. He was talking about it from Indy the other day that Ben Johnson to the point where he, he knows what Campbell wants. So this is still Campbell's show. He also talked about Glenn and the continuity and said, hey, you know, he just likened to the play, having the players come back and the continuity there. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that makes a difference. He replaced a defensive line coach. So maybe they feel like they can, you know, he did that with the secondaries coach. When was that? Two years ago. It's all running together now. But maybe that'll make a little bit of a difference in the in the in the defensive line. I don't. I'm always leery of one player away in football unless it's a quarterback. But you know, sometimes it does make a difference. I don't know. San Francisco went out and got Chase Young, and he didn't. What did he do? He was the reason that they beat the Lions. That's that's for sure. You know, no, I mean, but he I just, helped. Yeah, but the, uh, I, are they one player away or are they a couple plays away? I mean, they don't fumble the ball. Maybe they win that game. I, I you know, it, it starts yeah, but who a makes plays? Momentum. Players make plays. I mean, you know, it's no, always for sure. Yeah, no. I mean, the one player away thing is people don't like it because you think it's Superman. Like Superman is coming, come, coming down from the heavens and making fourteen plays in a row. Like, no, it's the little things because, like you just said with I the Red Wings, he's taken pre- they've taken pressure off Dylan Larkin. That's what Helene was getting at. Is you add talent, it helps everybody else throughout the roster. No, for sure. And, he, he, you know, the Wings fans love getting to Brinkett, but Kane, 
even at 35, I mean, he may not be, I mean, he's not an imprint superstar, but just everything that he brings. Oh, for sure. I think they could use a few guys. I mean, they is Chris Jones enough? Maybe. But with that secondary, I think they right. need to put somebody in the secondary as well. And that's the thing. It's just, here's the, here's the thing. And, and this is what's going to really be interesting this, this next year and the next couple of years is there's an idea in the NFL that the window is short. And generally that's true. But but there are a handful of programs out there, franchises. I got to get my head out of college basketball. There are there are a handful of franchises out there that are good year in and year out. They compete year in and year out. Now the the top ones have Patrick Mahomes or had Tom Brady or whatever. But there's still some franchises that are relevant and competitive for year after year after year, and maybe not Super Bowl runs. But I mean, the Steelers were for a long time. Whatever the. The you know, Seattle had a nice run there for a while. Now they had Russell Wilson, but I think that's what they're trying to build. And, I, and that's what they believe in. Can they put together something that's sustainable, even after golf goes, whatever? And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I, but what makes me curious, Carl, so I want to know what you think, is how patient the fan base is going to be if that is going to remain their philosophy, you know? Because they probably don't think they're just one player away. And I, and I agree, they're at least two. They need somebody up front and somebody in the back. Do they need superstars there? I don't know. This is what I try to lay out in my column. If you, if you, all right, I think about that San Francisco game, for example. Yes, having another edge rusher or rush from anywhere. Maybe it's another defensive tackle next to McNeil who's really good at collapsing in the pocket. That would make it, in some ways, a bigger difference. But let's just say Jack Campbell, and I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but let's just say he gets better at diagnosing what's happening and can start taking advantage of his really, really high-end athleticism at that position. If he starts getting a better feel and can use that range and speed he's got, which he really couldn't this past year as a rookie, does he get out and tackle Brock Purdy when he's scrambling at four or five yards instead of attending? It's it's little things like that. Or is How much better is Brian Branch going to get? And, and will that make a difference? I know the safeties, you can only do so, so much. You still got to cover on the outside. Can McNeil get better? Can Hutchinson take the kind of I'm not saying it'll ever be Chris Jones, but Chris Jones made his leap from his second to third year and became dominant. Does Hutchinson have that in him? I don't know if he does. But my guess is they're banking on at least some of their guys taking a leap. And if they do, can they get a little bit better defensively? Can they get down into the area where you can win a Super Bowl? You don't have to be a top five defense to win a Super Bowl. At least not according to the last six years. But will fans put up with that? Will they be patient with that? You know, I think that, you know, one of the one of the things that people weren't happy about that, you know, we're still they were still talking about rightfully when, you know, when they lost to San Francisco is, you know, you didn't make a single move at the trade deadline when you could have. You knew you knew what you were tracking toward. You knew that you were gonna make the playoffs, you were gonna probably win the division, you know. You could have made an upgrade. You could have had an upgrade, something, right? And they didn't. I don't understand that still. And this is what you're talking about is, I mean, when you're saying, when you're laying this all out, you know, they're banking on this. If Campbell does this, if that, it's uncertain. And this is something that Iserman talks about all the time. You know, hockey is different, but when he talks about draft picks, you know, he basically says, if it's not the one of the top two or three guys, it's just a guessing game. You know, and he considers draft capital in a way as, you know, exactly that capital that he can flip to sign free agents who have done it. It's not, 
But it's not draft capital, right, Carlos? It's guys in their roster, and it's the same with Eiserman. Eiserman is betting on the guys in his system. He's already got a system. That they're no, gonna no, get better. I'm just talking about go. for the draft specifically is like he uses that because he talks about free agents and that free agents, he likes signing free agents and he likes the idea for agents because there's no guess. They are they are who they are. They know, and and this is the thing that, I mean, Campbell talked about this, about free agency and the combine. And he was saying, you know, you sign a guy, you draft him, you know who he is. You bring in a guy from outside. I have to know every single thing about him. It's really hard to suss that out with a veteran who's not in your room. You can do all the work you can, all the whatever, but it's really hard to figure guys out, figure people out. How are they going to fit in your locker room? How's the, the culture, this and that? You know, that's why in the NFL, what do you see all the time? They sign the same, they sign their old players. You know, I coached in in New Orleans. I'm going to sign all the players from New Orleans that I knew. You know, it's very incestuous that way. The coaches, I worked with this guy, I'm hiring this guy. They don't want to wonder or guess or whatever. It's always a connection that they have to these guys. So there's uncertainty there. I get it. But, you know, this year, if they don't, if they don't make a significant upgrade on the defensive line or in the secondary, you know, and they don't get to the NFC title game again or they stumble or whatever because of those issues, because of the pressure that, you know, not generating pressure up front and, you know, being able to cover in the back end, people are going to be unhappy. They're going to say, well, this is your chance. And right now, because of the way they're picking them, that can change. They can, you know, move up in the draft and whatever, who knows. But right now they're picking in the late first round and late in the second round. That's hard to find you know, gems there. But, um, but but that's what you've got to do to win. You do. Kansas City found Jones in the second round. Legereus Sneed, who's their stud cornerback, who's also about to be – he's a fourth rounder. Now, look, I, I, I get it. That's really hard to do. But that's what the, that's what the top teams do, though. That's how you win. And 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 I'm, I'm with you. Here's the thing about football that makes it different. It's not like baseball or maybe even hockey. Maybe hockey's somewhere in between. But to me – so you're right. Campbell's talking about – why he wants knowing the players because he's a coach and he's thinking about the chemistry and the locker room and chemistry matters a ton in football. Brad Holmes is, yes, he agrees with that, but he's been talking, if you listen to his words, he's talking about the math. All right, fine. And I went and looked through this the last couple of days about how many free agent signings your team, how many expensive free agent signings have worked out. You'd be amazed at how many don't. You know why? Injury. Now, sometimes now sometimes they just, the production falls off. Chris Jones is 30 years old. How much longer is he going to play at this level? That's a hard position to keep playing at that level. I don't know. But it's but it's reasonable to assume he's not going to be playing at that level that much longer. But the injury part of it. Well, and, how long is their window? How, how you know, long? If they, think, if they think they're Pittsburgh, then they think they're building something that's going to last where they're going to have a shot every few years for 10 years. I mean, that, that, or if they think they're going to build what San Francisco's building. They, they're not built around Mahomes. I mean, I get it. You got outliers. You get Kansas City with Mahomes. You get New England with, with with Tom Brady. But there are other examples of franchises that have been, have been good, good to really good to occasionally great for a long period of time. That's what they're trying to do. I'm with you. I don't think the fans will be patient next year. But there's no guarantee. The assumption that you go make these signings leads to a Super Bowl win is is just not true. It, the, that's a risk as well. Partly because of the injury, partly because you don't know if they're going to be as good, the production, the system, whatever. It's just free agency in football is not the slam bang thing. It is like you bring in a 30 home run guy who's 27 years old in baseball, you could be reasonably safe he's going to hurt 30 more home runs the next year, right? But in football, because of the physical and violent nature of it, 
It's just the free agents, free agents busts are out there more than you think. Yeah, I mean, and, and Holmes has had plenty of his own, you know, in the receiver market, it, the in the secondary. Is Mosley, right? It, it, right. I mean, and, and Gardner Johnson. Yeah. And even a lot of people say Cam Sutton, actually. You know, that the, the, the thing is, you know, if not now, when? You are, you are there. You were, what was it, four points away from getting to the Super Bowl. You, you were, you were, you know, well, to tie probably four to win, but yeah, you know, Campbell wouldn't have tied by the way. He would have gone for two no matter what, but yeah, you couldn't hold a 17 point lead in the second half. You fired half your defensive staff. You're the, the markers are there to tell you what they, they know what the problems are and they know that what they need, you know, to fix it. So they've had one and a half good years. This is one. And I mean, I have agreed with what they've done to get to this point, how they've built it, even when they only won three games in the first year and all that. They've done a lot of great stuff, you know, and I approve of all that. I I have applauded them for it. It's it's been great, but now things are a little bit different. You're not you're not building, you're not drafting the same way that you should have been the first two years. You've built the team now. You have the core. You have a, you have some really really good players. You know who your quarterback is. All these different things, right? Now you need to think a little bit differently. You can't be applying, I think, the same logic right now. And yeah, everybody, I mean, every NFL team probably thinks, you know, oh, we're going to, once they have win, once they have, you know, some pretty good success, this is going to continue unabated for years and years, you know, and it doesn't happen most of the time, you know, I mean, for different reasons. So they, they need to, to me, when you have a chance to win, and especially this franchise that hasn't had a lot of chances to win at this level, you got to take it, you got to seize it, you got to. You know, because because building responsibly and 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 building through the draft that all sounds really good. It feels good to do that. Oh, but, the, but it's what they've done. Yeah. Do you want to win, or do you want to win your way? Do you have? Are you going to be, you know, sort of shackled by your own, you know, method, you know, uh, method of we have to stick to this. We have to, you know, like look. Sometimes you got to take a little bit of a chance. You know, I mean. Dave Burkett likes to say, you know, scared money don't make money, you know, and you got to take some chances sometimes. I don't know why they didn't at the trade deadline. And if they're just going to hope that the 29th pick, whatever, is going to be enough of a difference maker and bring in a couple of free agents, some some moderate guys, not spend all the money in the cap. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 maybe they know something that, you know, we don't know or we don't see or whatever. And that's another thing. They have a new defensive line coach. What does that guy want? You know, what does he need? What has he been told about resources that you're going to have? So it's, I think you need, you need help on defense. And the easiest way to get that is in free agency. But if they don't, if there's guys they don't agree with, they don't, you know, they don't mesh with, they don't see, you know, Chris Jones, maybe, maybe they don't hear great things about him and he's not going to fit here or whatever. You know, I, I understand that. The problem is that that's never broadcast. It's always, maybe reported afterward that, you know, came in for a meeting, whatever, but yeah, it didn't I work just, out. I just, I just think, I mean, to me, I would, I would understand if they went and tried to get a, a, a good, they, I don't think they need a superstar, but they need a good cornerback. I don't think they, you know, they may not need any help on the line. We'll see. We'll see what Hutchinson becomes. Jones was the best. I mean, I can't see line wasn't stacked. Meanwhile, the 49ers had Bosa and they hired Chase Young. What the Lions do to them? They, they, they tore that defense up. 
you know, they had a couple of drops, so they would have scored close to 40 points. So, I mean, what, what are we talking about here, right? I mean, the, the, the Kansas City defense had a great secondary, good linebackers, and they, had, and they have the best pass rusher in a league. I mean, you could argue Bosa, but I think when that pressure comes up from the middle, that's just different. So, short of him, what are we what are we talking about? I, I'm with you. The, you know, I would I'd be shocked if they didn't go sign a defensive lineman. But to me, they could use a corner, and then Sutton's your number two, and then it, and then maybe he's okay or at least solid guarding the the number two receiver or the number three receiver or whatever. You know, the, we're talking about Kane. That that would help Sutton. We're talking about the, the domino effect of Patrick Kane. I just don't. I don't think. I don't think it's about method. I, I think that. I think that what they believe is that they got three or four guys on defense who are really young who have the chance to be really, really good. And if they improve, that alone will make their defense better. And uh, you know, if if and then and then what are we talking about? I mean, I don't. It's it's hard to know. But going and signing a big free agent is not a guarantee in a squad or San Francisco would have a Super Bowl by now. It's just not. It's not a guarantee, so, but you know you can. It, it's it's a way to help your team, I think, and it's also well, yeah, it's a way to try to help your team. Yeah, you try. Nothing's nothing's certain in anything in the draft, and you know why even try then? Why you know just give up? Everything's a, a, a crapshoot. But at least it tells you the the two things, you know, and, and I think this is, you know, like you said with the fan base, and and this is part of what Holmes's message was. I think in the end of the year was, you know, hey, don't don't believe the headlines and don't believe the hype and all the whatever, you know, we basically, we know what we're doing. Don't question us because we know what we're doing. You're going to, you're maybe not going to be super happy with what we do in free agency, but you know, just, just be patient. You know, we've done it. That's the key. That's the word right there. Don't question us, you know? And, and it's like, all right, you know, (laughs) question, question. I don't think they care if you question him. He's just, he's asking the fan base for some, Trust and some patience, right? Some patience, and we'll see. I think he's, he's asking a lot because you said now the bar is high. Things change. It's not just the same, you know. There's hey, no let's question. just get to the playoffs. You know, they, no, you don't there's win the no division, question. and especially you know Green Bay talking smack. You know, like there's going to be there's the, the the bar is considerably higher. You put yourself there. You've earned it. You deserve it. And now you have to. The little things are going to make differences, and that's one player maybe here or there. You know, and it's and but, but part of it, too, is, you know, and I don't know if they think this way, maybe, but it, the optics of it is at least does it look like you're trying to do something? You know, maybe you could have said you could have signed Chase Young and maybe he wouldn't have been the difference maker. But you could have said, hey, we tried. We tried to do something to help ourselves, give ourselves the best chance. And people, I think, would be happier with that or better with that, you know, but doing they nothing. Be, but they. They would be, but they're not on the inside, or they would they wouldn't understand. I mean, they looked at Chase Young and said, hey, "We don't think he's going to make the difference," and he didn't. And and at least for San Francisco, and they had that was with Bosa. Is you know, I mean, he sure didn't do it against the Lions. I, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I don't want to get hung up on Chase Young. I just I'm with you. They need they need to say upgrades, but I guess that's that's the fairest way to say it, right? They need they need more talent on a defensive line. And in the secondary, and the quarterback in particular, that safeties have a chance to be really good. I think they're fine there, right? But their their cornerbacks, yeah, they got to get better there, and they got to get better on the D line, and we'll see what they do. I don't, I don't agree that they need superstar talent there. I think they got some promising young guys, and if they just go get good players, good players, that might be enough. We'll see. 
Yeah, I mean, but there's but no guarantee then, that they're good. There's no more guarantee that you're going to find a good player, you know, in free agency or, or or the draft or develop guys than there is that you're going to sign a really good high price free agent. I mean, there's no guarantee either way. No, there's not, but there's less financial risk with finding trying to find a good one instead of a, a superstar. So that who cares about you know, financial you, risk? Who cares? The cap's gotten up. They got plenty of cap space and. This is their window right now. They're because right in the window. No, but 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 that's their point. Their point is no. They don't want to just win. They they want to they want to build out longer. They've looked around. Other NFL teams have done it. That's what they're doing. You can disagree with that. You can say, okay, hey, no, go put all your marbles in right now and don't think about anything else. And I and I understand the fans will, will for sure for one thing. And I understand maybe somebody like you wants that. I don't. I I like the long view. I I think it's. It's interesting that what they're the way they're trying to do it. They've looked around. And they want they want to be relevant for a decade. That's what they're trying to yeah, do. How about two and then, years? How about two straight years? You're relevant. How about let's start with that, and then you can think about being the Seahawks and the Steelers and the Patriots. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, but those teams built that way too. That that's the point. They built they that way also too. Also added free agents too. No, for sure they did. For sure, for sure they did. But you, the Steelers have never gone out and gotten a. Super high, forty million dollar free or thirty million dollar free agent. They've never done that. You know, I don't. I'm trying to think. Seattle is. I don't even know if Seattle's done that. I, but I know Pittsburgh's not done that, and I know that's one of their models. They just they don't believe in it. New England did that with the cornerback one year. What was his name? Jarrell uh, Revis. Yeah, who was the best cornerback in the league? One they did year, it with right? Randy Moss too. They did it. I mean, they've done it. You, yeah, they didn't they have been felt- Moss, but Moss. No, Moss was not that. High price at that. He was trying to rehabilitate his career. What are you talking about? They took that kind of risk. That was different. But yeah, whatever, whatever, most, however you have to do it. I mean, adding adding players, you know, adding, you know, you don't have to. There's not one way to do it. You don't have to do it the Patriot way. You don't have to do it Pittsburgh's way. You know, you don't. And by the way, Pittsburgh right now, it's like, yeah, they probably need to think about. They probably wish they would have signed a high profile quarterback or something. They need you know? a quarterback. Yeah, they need a quarterback. You know, they've yeah. been they've been so that's. They've been struggling for years, you know. So you know, yeah, keep doing it. But the they, but way. they had, now there they are other coaches year. maybe out the door. You know, like people have been wondering about Tomlin. You know, and sometimes things run their course. You know, I mean, it's time. Yeah, to, but it was a change. 15, fifteen year for sure. But that was a fifteen year one. Whatever. Absolutely. I don't know. I just, I just because you had a great I quarterback. Don't blame, you know, he he was really good. You know, he was really good. Goss pretty good too. He's not Mahomes, Roethlisberger, wasn't Manning and Brady. But he was really good. He was a step below. But man, he can make plays. No, for sure. For sure. Look, anyway, I you know, I get it. Fans are gonna get impatient if if it doesn't I don't know. Even if they bring in free agents and that'll get back to the NFC title game next year and the the free agents are good, they and you lose at the end of the game, whatever. The ball's tipped, goes the wrong way, they're gonna be frustrated. It's 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 football. So all right, we uh, uh, we need to mention. I shouldn't say we need to mention. I want to mention. Let's give a, a plug here on the Free Press Sports uh, with Carlos and Sean show, a series that's running in our in our paper right now by our, that was written by our, our colleague Jeff Seidel about a gal. I want to say from the west side of the state. Is it Amity? I'm, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing. It's Amity 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 Dewey. Who was shot in the face by her stepfather, and his, his stepfather then shot her mother and killed her mother, and then killed himself. It was a murder suicide. But the story is about her reconstruction surgery and her kind of putting her life back together. Just the cost of gun violence, and it's told in a really, really compelling way. It's not an easy read. 
I've not read all of it because the the as we recording, I think three, maybe four are out, and I've read the first three. But uh, Carl's is just we'll talk about newspapers and resources and how much they matter, and then you see a really important investigation. Phoebe Phoebe uh, Phoebe Hall Howard had a really good piece looking at at some issues with Ford and recalls and some mistakes that we're making. I want to just say last week it was a, a really important investigation that matters to the public. So we're still doing, we're, you know, it's, uh, to me, newspapers still matter. Obviously, I know you think that. We're, you see that level of work. Phoebe spent a lot of time on that. Jeff spent all summer reporting last year. And then, you know, he's got to do his regular job as a columnist and put this together. But uh, I just I just wanted to encourage you to go read that. It's not an easy read. It's a, it's a, it's a tough read. But uh, but I like, I, I think, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, Ed Carlos, I think, what I've really appreciated is, you know, in the past, I think newspapers sometimes got too wrapped up in their own. No, it's funny. We're talking about the way the lines are building and, hey, don't get lost in your own pride or whatever, right? Well, I think we used to do that as newspapers with investigations. And we'd roll out what, 100 inches a day or something on on maybe sometimes an investigation. Maybe sometimes it was a narrative story. It was too much. These these This story from Jeff, it's a long story, but the... But the day-to-day are fairly short. It's Maybe the first couple are really tight, and at least you kind of want them more. And I think a lot of readers have responded that way. But I, I thought that was really clever to break it up that way and, to, and a little digest, not digestible, but tight little taut pieces spread out over five days instead of just bombarding readers with all this information. You remember when we used to do that all the time? I don't, so I, I thought that was really smart and clever. In any case, all right, let's take one more quick break and we'll come back with Carlson's favorite thing. We'll be right back with more Prepare Sports with Carlson Show. Welcome back to Prepare Sports with Carlson Show. Let me just one quick add to the to the plug for Jeff's story. The, the story's going to run its entirety this Sunday. And there's going to be a digital component, the audio component, excuse me, online of him kind of some 911 calls, some sheriff's crime scene descriptions, and then Jeff kind of talking about why he did the story and how it unfolded and how he found the story, stuff like that. So, so again, check that out. Obviously, check the free press out every day. There's, there's terrific stuff. It's it's on a lighter note. You, I don't know if Carlos, did you read that? Maybe you didn't. I don't want to put you on the spot, but. John Carl, I wrote a story about what one of the last dime stores in the state. Diamond uh, Diamond, Marysville, <laughs> up in the thumb. Yeah. Yeah. And I, thumb. If I'm not mistaken, that dropped on the same day as Jeff's. So, you know, some a little bit lighter about cultural changes and so on and so forth. And I know people were really interested in that too. So, yeah, the free press is, still has some good stuff. Right, Carlos? Absolutely. It's definitely worth your time and uh, to subscribe and uh, and to pick up a, a paper copy. So I still see them in my see them in my neighborhood when I'm walking around. People have them on the doorsteps and the Sunday paper and the daily paper, you know, home delivery Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. So it is definitely worth your time. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's obviously worth your time to listen to Carlos. To read Carlos, of course, but to listen to him when it's time for his favorite thing. What you got? You know, we just uh, you were trying to we do this kind of every year. We try to, you know, make an effort to see the we, the Oscar nominated movies. And I don't put a lot of stock in the whole, you know, let's grade art, let's give it a number or an award. I don't really like the whole thing. But I'm also an American, 
you know, I grew up in LA, so you know that means my life was a lot about watching movies and appreciating the the medium. So we always try to you know get out and watch some movies. So we, my wife and I, have been looking at we've been going to the theater to watch some of the nominations, and so I've just been enjoying that. We a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago, we saw American Fiction, which I really enjoy with Jeffrey Wright. He's nominated. Really good movie. Makes you think at the end. And then and then we watched Poor Things, which which I don't think belongs in the conversation. It got great reviews and it's a nominated kind of a retelling on the, the Frankenstein trope thing. Some interesting points, but really, really had a hard time watching that movie. But it's always fun to kind of pick those things apart after and talk about them, whether you enjoyed them or you didn't. But just a little time with my wife watching, going to the old school theater and sitting down and you know, watching on, on the big screen has been been fun. Well, that sounds great. That's that is fun. I've, I've used to do that a little bit. Why don't you come out to Ann Arbor, come to the Michigan Theater, and watch uh, the Oscar shorts? You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we had, we yeah. they've done that at the DIA in the past. The animated shorts, uh, right. I think I'm it was. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That that would be good. All right. My favorite thing is very quick. I just I was at Joe oh, Joe Lewis. Listen to me. I was at Little Caesars. <laughs> Joe Lewis is that back tells you everything. No, it does. It does. I was at Little Caesars last week. Last weekend, I want to say, and it's the first time I've been there this year for a hockey game. And I just, part of it's that the, the waves are rolling, they're fun. But I, you know, so I, for, I forget sometimes just how great live hockey is. And uh, I've enjoyed kind of getting to know the team a little bit and studying up. And the, the game is, it's funny, Carlos, because when I was around the team all the time, I mean, the game has changed like every other game. And it just got me to think about it. Even you think about, where's all this time going? You know? God, you, you think you think about your age and just how quickly everything goes, and but just it's funny that you can watch a hockey game and think, God, I remember when I watched the Wings all the time. They had a player you, you remember him, Darren Hell, who was not much of a stick handler, was okay with the puck, whatever, didn't necessarily change direction all that great. But man, he he was he was a burner. He was fast. He was one of the fastest skaters in the league, and he was known for that. He was known for his speed, even though he was way down on the line on the on those those cup teams. Now every team has several guys that skate like that. You know, and and that wasn't that long ago. And it's just it's just the evolution. And it was just fun to watch. I mean it, it happens in every sport. The longer we're alive, the more we see our sports get faster, get become more skilled, become it's just they change. And I mean uh, obviously the changes in baseball all over the place. But that that's I was like, oh my God, this this is not quite the same sport I used to watch. You know, you you gotta win a little bit differently now. You can't just dump the puck in and hide like you like the devils used to do. Oh my God. And back when hockey was becoming, you know, sliding off the national radar a little bit because it was all just mucky and everybody's grabbing and grinding and all that. Anyway, that yeah, I I that was fun. That was that was by far my favorite thing. Good. Yeah, that's You'll, you you should see more of it. You will be seeing more of it, I'm sure. I will, I will. And my goal is to see a game with you, mostly so we can huddle up and keep each other warm, because it's it's called it's cold up in that gondola. That, well, I'll tell you one thing: when it was, before they were winning as much and there weren't as many people coming, it was a lot colder. I'd have to wear a turtleneck and my heavy winter jacket, and I'd still be cold. And yes. Helena, Helena yeah. would get. Wear gloves in the it, up there, and Helena would yeah. be like, "Oh, you soft, you know, football writers or whatever." And no, it's cold, man. It's 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 cold up there. All right, who do we need to thank, Carlos? We got to get out of here. 
Yeah, let's thank uh, our intrepid producer, Robin Chan, uh, and our executive producers, Kirkland Crawford and Anjanette Delgado. And mostly, well, not mostly, but right at the top of the, of the chart, the org chart is Nicole Avery Nichols, our editor. But, Sean, the most important person, always. Who? You. You, of course. <clears throat> this podcast doesn't happen out with you, without you. That's why it says Carlos, and then the ampersand, and then Sean. That's how it should be. That's 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 how it should be. No, the the readers, excuse me, the readers, the listeners. Maybe hopefully some of them are readers. The listeners, we want to thank you and and thanks for staying with us every week. Obviously, the show's not here without y'all. And uh, you know, you can find your you find us, find this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. The main thing though is to subscribe, give us a shout when you're there, tell us what you think. Carlos, until next week. It'll probably be all lines again, right? Because that's how this is. Probably. <laughs> It'll be too close to the draft. We'll have to talk about the draft. I don't know. No, we can, we got lots of stuff to talk about. Including a baseball team out there we should probably mention at some point. All right, Carlos, always a pleasure. And uh, we'll be back here next week with more Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Mm-hmm.